Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Ermia Matters, our new podcast. So today with me is a special guest, Lou Drapeau. He is the infamous Ask Lou button on the Ermia member website. So Lou, uh, welcome. And why don't you just tell us a little bit about how you got involved with higher education risk management and what led you to working at Ermia part-time? Okay, sure. I had quite a bit of experience in risk management, both as a municipal risk manager and as risk manager in private industry, a supplier to the automobile industry. And then I wound up working for the University of Kentucky in risk management and was a member of Ermia at that time. And then after I retired from the University of Kentucky, the job as resource manager, i.e. Ask Lou, came open and uh, applied for it and was hired, and here I am. Yeah, so prior to the Ask Lou button, we did have an Ask Glenn button, which was his predecessor, but Lou is a very famous figure in the Ermia community. He does wear an Ask Lou button at the conference, and I know he makes many friends that way. So today we're going to be talking about some of the resources and the hot topics that come up on the Ermia Network, which is our online community. So Lou, why don't you start by telling me what one of the topics that has been coming up over and over again on the, on the online community. Okay, well, one of the uh, recent ones that we've had is uh, scooters, these electric scooters on campus. Sure. And there's been a lot of questions about those. Yeah, I know they're all over Bloomington, Indiana, where the Ermia National Office is. And my son, who's a freshman at Indiana University, uses them all the time. So where do you steer members when they ask questions about that? Well, usually to discussion topics on our website where other people have asked that question and then gotten some responses. And it's interesting, the broad range of responses in that area. There are some campuses that that don't allow them. There are other campuses that are using them fairly extensively. So it's really kind of a broad range of responses on risks involved. I think that's what makes Ermia and what makes risk management so fundamentally interesting is that The way the risk appetite among institutions and among risk managers is so unique. It's unique to the person in the risk manager role. It's unique to the institution. So I think I personally have heard of some e-scooter stories that I think it's a real risk. And I I will share that at our regional conferences this year, we did some roundtable discussions in Richmond. And Keisha Trim from University of Richmond led a discussion on e-scooters because she was trying to decide would their institutions allow them? I'm not sure where that played out with her, but it is certainly a hot topic. So what's next on your list? Well, one of the things that people ask about is events on campus and event insurance and how do they handle events? What are the requirements? What kind of events do you allow on campus? And things like that. And once again, I've been referring people to the discussion groups of how other people are handling events. Okay. And are there any specific, I know, I feel like in the library, there's an event folder. Are there certain resources that you direct them to in the library? There is an event folder and with that has different types of events in it and the kinds of things that whether they're on campus or off campus and whether there's alcohol involved or athletics or other dangerous kinds of things. So I refer them to those resources. And this seems like an appropriate time to talk a little bit about Ermia's TULIP insurance policy. So Ermia does offer two insurance products to our members. Um, They can purchase insurance through Ermia. 
So our TULIP policy does protect events on our member campuses. So if anybody's interested in learning more about that, it's under insurance on our website. Or please reach out to me or Lou for any questions about that. Okay, what's next up on your list okay, of hot Another biggie is international travel. And as you can imagine, there are so many different aspects to international travel, depending on where you're going and what the safety requirements are and if the State Department has it on a watch list or whatever it may be. So there are just all kinds of aspects of that. And we've got a lot of resources on international travel. Yeah, that, I mean, since I've been with Ermia since 2005, international travel is a constant. I think it's always going to be there. It's a constant higher education risk from faculty traveling, students, faculty, keeping them safe while they're abroad. And certainly the world changes all the time. The activities in Hong Kong are certainly top of mind, I think, with our members right now. Also, Ermia has an international committee. We've had probably the last 10 years, and they actually are developing an insurance kind of requirements document. So everybody should look for that in the future, that it'll come out from Ermia's International Committee. Okay, what's next on the list? Okay, another one that we get a lot of questions on is club sports and how you handle club sports on your campus. And of course, this is different from the athletic teams that are sponsored by the university. These club sports sometimes get into different activities that may not even be allowed on some campuses. So that provides some interesting questions. Yeah. Do we have some resources in the library for that as well? We do. A lot of different universities have uh, policies and procedures on how they handle club sports. They need to have insurance or not, depending on what it is. If they, a lot of them that have to have a first aid person on hand, if it's something that, you know, soccer flag football or something where somebody could get injured, they need to have a medical person there. So, of course, that sometimes creates a problem for the club sports teams to be able to get somebody to uh, to be at their events. So when you were at University of Kentucky, <clears throat> did you have club sports there? We did. Did you have a bunch? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I know certainly here at Indiana University, we have a ton of them as well. Did you have any lessons learned there that you can share? Well, one of the things we did require having a first aid person on hand at at the club sport events just to make sure if something happened that we had hospital right on campus so we could very easily get emergency personnel to take somebody to the hospital if they needed to. But we were pretty strict about that. Sure. That makes good sense. Okay. What's after club sports? Another real recent one that I think is coming up because of some of the drops in attendance at universities is uh, residence halls and having underage students in residence halls because there are a lot of a lot of 15, 16, 17 years old year olds that have already completed uh, high school attending college and yet they're not technically old enough. And the same thing, another one has come up recently is that some of the universities are having problems filling their dorms and are looking at the possibility of having non-students live in those dorms, which seems a little risky to me, but it's an issue that has come up. Yeah, I mean, in in these days where we really have to watch budgets and higher education has to protect the assets, so I think finding new revenue is something that everybody's going to have to get used to, and that does come with risk. And minors on campus doing camps and things is a whole nother, <laughs> nother topic. But yeah, the young students that are getting admitted early to, to campus, um, 
Did you deal with that at all when you were at University of Kentucky? Did they have a separate dorm, or how how was that worked? Well, no, they actually they used a lot of the different dorms during the summer camps and things because they they had a huge huge program, all kinds of different camps for minors. They had golf camp and basketball and softball and the whole whole nine yards. So they would use a bunch of the different dormitories, but it, again, they had to have rules and regulations and always a bit of a problem. Yeah, sure. Okay, and you have one more? Yeah, one that has come up real recently is some. there was a university that was looking at a startup of cannabis a CBD manufacturing program, and I oh. thought that was a real interesting one, and I didn't have any answers for that one. <laughs> yeah, the legalization of marijuana, I think, has certainly had a lot of unintended consequences. And I know <clears throat> that topic's come up over the last couple of years many a time, you know, as more and more states legalize it. What can we learn from the early adopters? And I think we're still going to learn a lot from that. But that and that's really where the Ermia community, the Ermia network can really come to your rescue because there are risk managers who have dealt with that on their campuses. So I think that it's a good plug to use the community. So while I have you, Lou, why don't we talk about just some of the other resources? I know you're specifically from the strategic plan working on the resource guide task force. Can you tell us just a little bit about the resource guide as a resource for our members? Sure. The resource guide is a separate tab on our uh, website. And it gives you a whole bunch of different resources in different areas. If you want to learn about ERM, it refers you to some of the ERM resources in our library. There are other different areas, claims, and all kinds of things that risk managers get involved in. And resource documents either in our library or in several cases where refer you to resources on other websites, basically to help risk management personnel do their job and find the kinds of resources that they need in order to do that job. Yeah, I can't remember exactly when we launched the resource guide, but we really found, the board at the time, found a need to develop a resource for people that were new to higher education risk management or maybe new to risk management in general. So I believe the resource guide was really targeted at kind of entry level, kind of to give you a lay of the land. Um, And it's a resource that we're currently evaluating and looking to update, but the information in there is still good, and I want the members to know that we are updating it. Right, and some of it, it's really no longer completely for people new to risk management. There are some more advanced resources in there now. That's great, and maybe, yeah, in this next revision, we'll kind of differentiate beginner series versus intermediate or what have you. How about the risk inventory? Will you tell everybody a little bit about that? Well, our risk inventory is a real, a, a very helpful tool for risk management, for risk managers to identify the risks that they have on their campuses. And obviously, different campuses have different kinds of risks. And the interesting thing that we found out in the process of looking at and updating the risk inventory was that a lot of our membership was not aware of it. And we, so we did a little survey and found out that there were people who, that once they found out about it, were saying it was really a great resource and they were surprised that they hadn't heard about it before. So I think we need to promote it a little bit more because it is a great resource. And we are in the process of updating it and fixing to make it even more useful to our membership. Terrific. And for everybody out there, it's <clears throat> it's not a complicated tool that you have to have a special software. It's basically in an Excel sheet 
that you can slice and dice and output however you want. So it's a really friendly tool that you can use. And I know as I've presented for Ermia sister association conferences, I've, I've definitely shared it with Nakubo over time, and it can be a very useful tool. So I'd encourage all of our members to check it out. And last but not least, why don't we talk a little bit about the core competency document? Okay, yeah, the, the core competency document is kind of an outline of the core competencies that are needed um, by risk managers. And it's really a very useful tool for risk managers to be at all levels to become familiar with. Yeah, and I know one of my favorite things about the core competency book are the checklists. So you can kind of say, oh, yeah, I have this skill, I have that skill, but to get to the next level, I need to think, start thinking about these other skills to kind of add to my, my toolkit. So I would encourage everybody, Ermia members, check it out. It's a great tool. It's a great way to round out your own skill set to get to the next level. Or if you're working on a job description, it's a great way to look at skills that are needed that you might not have ever considered, but it's a great document. Um, any other resources that you want to highlight while we're... Well, certainly we, might, we need to mention the Ermia Library. Sure. There are all kinds of resources in there, and they're all searchable documents, and we're in the process of working on updating the tags and looking at all of the various documents to make sure they're still relevant. And we may wind up archiving some documents and putting some additional documents that are a little more modern and relevant to the risk management process. So if members have resources that they would like to share, what's the best way to get them to you? Well, if they can send them to me by email or however they would like, we'll, we'll take any resources that would be useful to the membership and make sure they get in the library. And your email is resources at ermia.org. That's correct. correct. Okay, excellent. I just wanted to tell all the members to take advantage of the recordings that we do from the conference. So I'm not sure everybody's aware of that as a resource either, but we do record all of our breakout sessions um, at the annual conference, and all of those are part of the library. And if you enjoy podcast technology, you can also listen to those recordings while you're having lunch or on a drive. So I encourage everybody to check that out. Any other resources you want to talk about? I think, I think those are the major ones. We've talked about most of them, I think. Awesome. And it if anybody has a resource, please reach out to Lou and share that with him. Or if you have any ideas for areas in the library that we need to increase or folders we need to add or any suggestions, please reach out to Lou or Jenny Whittington and we'll be we'll love to take your feedback. So thank you, Lou, for being my guest today. That's going to be a wrap of Ermia Matters for this time. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. The Ermia Matters podcast is brought to you by the University Risk Management and Insurance Association. You can find and subscribe to the podcast on any podcast app. And while you're there, we'd appreciate if you'd give us a five-star review. And be sure to visit www.ermia.org. That's www.urmia.org to check out our wealth of online resources. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.